You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I kind of lost track myself. But being this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off, you've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? On tonight's episode of The Mitch and Rich Show, we are going to... I don't know. What I wouldn't I don't want to say dive in because it's a little too close to the Navy SEALs, but we are going to talk about Tom Clancy's Without Remorse starring Michael B. Jordan. Uh I mean I'm not I, I, it's not that I'm not a fan of Tom Clancy stuff. I'm just not familiar with a lot of Tom Clancy stuff. I know Rich and I used to play a lot of the video games, but I've never read any of the books. What do you have you read the books, Richard? Uh, some of them here and there. It's been a long time uh, since I have read them. Um, I, I, yeah, it's been a very long time since I read them. Uh, I think Rainbow Six actually came out in '98. Uh, I think so. Uh, it's it's definitely been a while, but yeah, I've read a few of them. <laughs> okay, so I mean, Rainbow Six, Ghost Recon, those are the ones I remember playing with you. So, uh, we, 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 I guess we have a prequel to Rainbow Six video game with this movie. If you watch the after credit scenes, uh, I guess that's a little bit of spoiler. Sorry, folks. We'll get more into the movie, uh, after we talk a little bit about some movie and movie adjacent news. Uh, Richard, are you a fan of Tom Hanks? I am uh, a fan of Tom Hanks, yes. (laughs) I mean, who is it, right? He's America's dad, so everybody enjoys him. Uh, Apple, If I don't know if you watched it. Did you watch Greyhound, which was the movie that last year went to Apple TV with Tom Hanks? I did not. No, it was like the submarine movie, right? Yeah. No, I, I didn't watch it. He uh he is he is part of another movie that has been sold to uh Apple TV. This time it's called Finch. Now, the movie was originally called Bios, and Tom Hanks will play a character named Finch, who is a robotics engineer, who as I guess as as it says in this article on Deadline, a man, a robot, and a dog form an unlikely family as the man tries to ensure his beloved canine companion will be cared for after he's gone. So, <laughs> sounds like Tom Hanks' character's dying, and uh, he's he's trying to teach a robot how to take care of his dog after he dies. Uh, the robot will be played by Caleb Landry Jones. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that name or not, um, Richard, but uh, something the most that just comes to mind right away from from his uh, filmography is three billboards outside Billings, Missouri. He's the guy who owned the billboard company. Was that an Ebbing, Missouri? That's what it was. Ebbing, Missouri. Sorry. Oh, okay. No worries. I was like, is that a different movie that can't, can't be? That's <laughs> so close. Um, I, yeah, no, I don't, I can't really quite put a face with that person. I think he's one of those up and coming, uh, actors that a lot of people talk about all the time. So, uh, yeah, you, I mean, yeah, when you see his face, you'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, I've seen him. I, I know him. Uh, it's an Amblin entertainment movie, it's sci-fi, so uh, you'll have a lot of pedigree of like Robert Zemeckis being uh, an executive producer. Uh, it's also written, or I'm sorry, directed by Miguel 
Sapachaknik, Sapachnik, sorry, uh, which he did a lot of the Game of Thrones episodes, including the Battle of the Bastards episode. Hmm. That's uh, interesting. <laughs> How about Bastards episode? <laughs> How about Red Sonia? Are you a big fan of Conan and Red Sonia? Uh, well, I, I stopped myself. I was going to do Arnold there. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a big fan. Like, I like the Conan movies. I like the Conan verse. Um, I read some of the run that Gail Simone did of Red Sonja or Sonja, I guess, however you want to pronounce it. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I like it. I, I wouldn't say I'm like a fanatic for it. Like, I don't know a tremendous amount about it other than, you know, she's a character that's pretty badass from the, you know, Conan verse, if yeah. you want to call it that. So millennium, uh, has been trying to make this movie for a while. And for a good amount of time, Brian Singer was attached to direct this movie. And this is Brian. They made this announcement after he, uh, was found out to be a very big sex predator creep. So, not too long after they made that announcement, not I mean, it was a little bit of time, but they finally dropped him from the pro- the project. Uh, this has kind of been in limbo, but now we have an actress that will play the the role of Red Sonia. It is an actress by the name of Hannah John Common. Uh, she was the villain Ghost in Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh, she's recently been in Peacock TV's Brave New World. Um, I remember uh, her from. Well, I don't know if the show is currently going anymore. I stopped watching after season two. But there was a t- TV show on Sci-Fi Channel called Killjoys, all about um, these bounty hunters in in outer space kind of thing. It was, it was a good little sci-fi show, funny uh, adventure, but I just didn't keep going with it. Uh, do you remember this actress from Ant-Man and Wasp? I would say that's probably the one that you'd probably know her best from if you watched it. Um... I don't. I don't. I. Uh, I feel like I should. Uh, I don't, though. The name does not ring a bell. So the the character of Ghost was the the character that kind of blinked out in in and out of existence in the movie. If you remember okay, watching it, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so she. Uh, that's her. That's her. That's yes, the one that's playing Red Sonia. Correct. Oh, okay. All right. I'm so, I'm I'm down with that. That's interesting. Yeah, it could be interesting. Um. I think the last time we had a live action Red Sonia would have been Brigitte Nielsen back in the eighties. So I'm sure it's a, it's time for an update and a new new person. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good idea, right? Everything's kind of getting rebooted and retooled and refranchised. So you know, I'm start I mean, clean. I mean, I'm kind of surprised there hasn't been a new Conan movie, but we did have the Jason Momoa Conan movie not not too long ago. I guess it's over a decade now, but it was... Good, is it? It has to have been, right? Oh, man. <laughs> did is you enjoy it? that movie? Uh, you know, I thought it was all right. It's not, uh, not as good as I thought it w- would have been. So it came out in 2011, so exactly 10 years yeah. ago. <laughs> <laughs> how is that true i mean i didn't i didn't hate it i i was okay with it i didn't i don't have a big like conan the barbarian like fandom though so i i, I don't it doesn't hold a place in my heart so it didn't i didn't mind but it's jason momoa we knew that he was going to be 
a big dude swinging a sword. <laughs> yep. Uh, I thought there was like some talk of like Arnold coming back and doing another one for a while there, which clearly has not happened. But um, yeah, there's there's been talks of Arnold coming back and doing Conan, King of the Barbarians, or yeah, something it's Conan the King or, or something like that. Uh, I forget what it was huh. called, but he, it's been in talks for a very long time where he was going to be like the like an older Conan and I believe telling a story about the younger version of himself, which I guess would you'd get another actor to play the younger version of himself, but I don't think that ever had happened. Had to CG it like they did in Terminator. There you go. You just have to do that. Just <laughs> So it it actually so I just pulled up his IMDb really quick here and it does actually say announced The Legend of Conan. I mean, so I don't know. Sure. That yeah, it, it could happen. I don't know. It says plot unknown at this time. Not shocking. <laughs> Not shocking uh, at all. <laughs> yeah, no. So I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I I, I love Arnie. Got uh, a lot of nostalgic uh, stuff because, like, obviously, him, Stallone, Van Damme, kind of grew up with all of them being like the big predominant action stars of the time. Uh, so you know, if he wants to come back and do another uh, Conan movie, I'm there for it. I mean, I'll watch anything he's in. Any of those three people that I just named, I'll watch anything they do. I don't care how bad it is. Even even Home Stallone, I watched it. <laughs> I believe you mean Post Stallone. <laughs> Post Stallone. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I didn't hate the Momoa one, but I I agree with you. Like I I didn't think it was like great. I thought it was like a middle of the road movie. Um, I think he's a good choice, obviously, to also be Conan because he's built and looks very barbarian esque. Mm-hmm. Like he's got that physical look to him, so I could see it. I mean, Cal Drago and Conan the Barbarian, very similar. Yeah, kind of the same. Uh, I don't remember if we t- if you told me you use a Roku or not, but I guess I Roku, do. you do. Yeah, I have I have one in my uh, um, it like I have the Roku TV okay uh, in my bedroom, so it's like built into it. So Roku and Google have not been seeing eye to eye, and because of this, they have Roku has removed the YouTube TV app. And it's very specific oh. that it's the TV app, not YouTube app. Uh, so it says that it's not uh, according to. Um, let's see. The Roku took to took the dispute with Google uh, Public, warning that the tech giant wanted to manipulate search results and force the company to use chips that w- that could raise the cost of its hardware. It's not about money, a Roku source said at the time. We are not asking for any money, any more money, not a single dollar more in value. So it's it's something to do with their the search manipulating the search results, which is very sketchy on hmm. on Google YouTube's. Uh, purpose but I don't know do you use YouTube TV as an app I do yeah I um, I, I don't want to say that I use it all the time but I do use it and um, now I'm like sitting here and I'm like man I gotta go check my Roku because <laughs> last time I checked it was still on there but uh, I, I I haven't looked in a little while so like maybe maybe it's like one of those things where like if you had it downloaded it's still there and it'll work but maybe. like if you don't have it maybe you can't get it now maybe that's the uh situation that's that's very true it, it, it could be it uh 
if it is gone from your Roku TV, would, would how how severely will that impact you? Well, like I said, I mean, I I don't I use it from time to time. Like I don't use the YouTube TV all the time, but like I definitely use it some of the time. Like I would do the uh, DVR stuff for you know kind of like a mass singer and like world of dance, like all that sort of normal televised things but like since youtube has that like built-in dvr uh kind of used it for that sort of stuff uh which i don't think any of those shows are going on at the current moment so i, I really haven't been using it so yeah because this gets you the stuff that would be offered on local live television Mm-hmm. yeah uh okay that's yeah i think that's a very interesting story so we'll see how far they go i mean that's it's kind of like how it, how it is now with all the streaming. Everybody's got to agree to work together or else, you know, you're just gonna, we're just going to be separating more people uh, from services. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, you know, obviously if, if, if they are actually manipulating search data for any sort of uh, reasons, that's also not cool. Yeah. No, not at all. Okay, earlier this week, one of the brothers put out a story that, uh, well, we already knew that Tanahasi Coates is writing the next Superman story for a J.J. Abrams produced Warner Brothers Superman movie. It came out earlier this week that uh, they are also looking for a black director to direct the film. Then uh, I think a name that's been being kicked around is Barry Jenkins. And then they will more than likely get a black actor to also play Clark Kent Superman. Now, sure, I'll I'll be there to watch it. I just think that Warner Brothers needs to just move away from Superman and Batman movies in general for like the next decade. Now, we know we're getting another Batman movie with Robert Pattinson. I'm sure those are going to get sequels. Uh, We know that several Batman or two Batman are going to be at least two are going to be showing up in uh, the flash movie coming up here soon. Um, it doesn't sound like Henry Cavill is going to be returning to Superman anytime soon. I think the, I think one of the weird things is, is that they don't, they aren't taking the opportunity to show off the already established black characters. And if even if you want, there is comic book president precedent for a black Superman as in Val Zod or Calvin Ellis, which are both Superman in their own rights, but just on different worlds. Uh, but instead, we're going to do a black Clark Kent. Honestly, if you do that, you're going to have to... There there has to be a part in the story that talks about the fact that Clark Kent's ancestors, the ones, the ones that would have adept, adapted him, adapted, adopted him, uh being farmers and stuff like that would would have to have been part of slave trade right so how does that affect a superman that's growing up so i don't know to me i think we should be we should be going away from clark kent superman bruce wayne batman because we've seen it over all the time i know it's their cash cow that they like to just trot out and hope people will come watch it, but they 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 have to come to realize that they have other characters in the quiver, so to speak. 
So I, I I gotta ask you a question, and maybe I've asked you this before, but I feel like it's worth asking again. Do you think we've actually gotten a truly, and I, I don't mean good, I'm not using the word good here, <laughs> but do you think we've got a truly great Superman or Batman movie? Uh, I mean, at all. I I think that Batman Begins is a great movie. Um, I like it more than Dark Knight, but I also like Dark Knight. So those two Batman movies work for me. Are they what about Superman? Though are they exactly comic book accurate? No, there's there's definitely um, liberties taken, but uh, I I think it's it's a pretty good, really close to great Batman movie. Superman, on the other hand, uh, I have all kinds of problems with Man of Steel. But after watching Batman v Superman and, and Justice League, like I I tend to like Superman or Man of Steel a lot more. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there are parts in Joss Whedon's Justice League, if that's the way you want to call it, where you would get to see a better res- representation of Superman finally. Um, because. Yeah, I still don't think that they did them right in either version of the Justice League movies. I have never been a big fan of the Christopher Reeves Bat- Superman movies, um, but mm-hmm. that first one is probably the the closest you're going to ever get to, or at least the, the closest that we've had so far to a movie Superman and it and to being a a comic book accurate super, movie Superman, I should say. Uh, and I think that that's pretty great. Uh, the Brandon Routh one has a lot of problems also, once again, going back to Brian Singer. Uh, yeah, but movie's awful. <laughs> but Brandon Routh shows that he could have been a great Superman when he was, when he played, he got to play Superman once again in the Crisis on Infinite Earths t- TV series event uh, for CW. Like, he played off that, that version of Superman real well. So we know he could have done it. Just was not given good direction or in a good movie. Uh, have you have you liked ever liked any of the Superman movies, or do you think there's a good Batman movie? I mean, I'm I'm definitely not. Um, I, I I don't know. I'm not like as invested in those those comics as uh, a lot of people are. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Obviously, my background's a lot more in like the independent side instead of the the big two. When it comes to comics, obviously I, I like Superman. I like Batman. I've I've read some of them. Um, I don't think we've ever got a good super or great Superman movie. I think there's been elements to. I think it's like you said. I think there's been elements. There's been moments um, where the representation has been enjoyable for me. Um, I don't. I don't like. You know. I don't think it personally needs to be a direct you know, panel for panel thing uh, in terms of transitioning or, or translating a comic to a Superman movie. Um, I just don't think it's, I just don't think it's really been done with Superman with Batman. On the other hand, like, I don't know. I, I know you have a lot of issues with the Tim Burton ones and they're by no means, the comic thing you know what i mean but like i remember watching those as a kid and like enjoying them i wouldn't say they're great um i definitely liked a lot of what nolan did with batman um i thought those were pretty great um 
I just, I, I agree with you though. Like, I just have to stop and think about it. It's like, well, it is kind of their cash cow, but you know, you just you have so many other characters. But then I'm like, do I even want them to explore other characters when <laughs> they can't even get their two or three? Rather, because I mean, arguably, it should be the Trinity, right? It should be Wonder Woman, Superman, and Batman. Correct. And it it just um, and at this point we have. Uh, we're 50 50 with with wonder woman movies right the first one's good the second one's garbage yeah i mean it it really is like um i always tell this to to people but it's like true detective i mean it's like season (laughs) one was great uh, arguably some of the best television ever been made and then season two is uh arguably some of the worst and that's exactly what happened with with wonder woman and so i can't help but completely agree with you i would i would love to see um batman superman and and obviously wonder woman's gonna have another movie but after that i feel like they should just kind of put the three of them to to bed for a little bit let them rest uh explore some different venues and and then maybe come back to it with a fresh uh approach and i i say it all the time but like you know stop trying to compete with marvel and just really get down to the fundamentals of of good storytelling and good filmmaking. And I think if you do that, I think we could see those translate into great films, but for some reason, Warner brothers just cannot get out of their own way uh, and do that. And uh, side related, that's exactly kind of what happened on last episode with mortal Kombat. is this, they just can't, stand the idea of making good movies apparently i don't know what the problem with that is (laughs) yeah i I feel like they always take the wrong uh um wrong not advice the wrong point like the thing that went well with whatever movie that they're trying to make and they exaggerate that one so making another superman movie probably just not the best idea yeah we we could have went with just about any other character like if you really wanted to do superman like do do valzad or do uh calvin ellis or even if you want some kind of little bit of recognition do steel do john henry irons like we need to make up for the fact that Shaq made that one in the 90s that was terrible so uh, you know, all kinds of other characters that you can you could make. That I yeah I that would be pretty awesome. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, um, they did uh they did that heroes comic right? They uh where the the amulet like passed around from person to person and gave so, them powers right? The, it's just called hero or dial hero, hero. Yeah. yeah 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 it's uh, uh someone finds it and they. They push the letters on the on the on the on the on the amulet or dial, and then they become they get a superpower. Dude, that would be such a kick-ass show! Like that would be an an amazing show to do. Right? I mean, like with television being all the flipping rage right now, and and exclusivity and stuff, you dump some hardcore money into that. Uh, I guess it would have to go to HBO Max, which kind of sucks. But uh, what can you do, right? But if they, you know, dump some money into that, I, I, I think that could be a really good uh, show that would allow them to kind of go off and do just absolutely crazy, crazy stuff, you know. Uh, but 
I don't know. We'll see. I, I doubt. I doubt anyone at Warner Brothers is listening. Or <laughs> are you talking about? I'm. I'm that. sure the heads of Warner Brothers listens to our podcast every week. Yeah, uh, they probably do, and they're like, "Don't ever hire this guy. He just shits <laughs> all over our movies." <laughs> I mean, I want to say of the DC films that have been released, I love Shazam. I think that's a great movie. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I wasn't a fan of Aquaman. The first oh Aquaman was hot garbage. As as much as everybody liked the first Wonder Woman movie, I I still had huge problems with the third act. Um, yeah. Uh, Birds of Prey, I loved the three side characters, but I I didn't feel anything for Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn in that movie. So, eh, I'm about half and half on that one. The uh, Suicide Squad was obviously a garbage movie, so I'm ho- I'm hoping for yep. the Suicide Squad to be a good movie. And I, th- I think that yeah, I think that's where we're at now. I think we're just waiting for them to make more movies for us to to, to hate on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, hopefully not. Hopefully, somewhere in here, someone will wake up to the idea of just making good movies. But um, but no, I agree with you. I thought I thought Shazam was surprisingly quite good and enjoyable, which uh, I was uh, I was not expecting that, but it was. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's get into talking about our movie. We are doing without remorse, or Tom Clancy's without without remorse, whichever way you want to talk about it. It is an original on uh, Amazon Prime Video right now, mm-hmm. and it stars Michael B. Jordan as as John. Kelly, which was very confusing to me. <laughs> uh, as I said, I'd never read any of the Tom Clancy uh, books, and I barely know the character, but I always thought I knew the character was, like, when he shows up in the other Jack Ryan movies, is John Clark. And, yes. uh, spoiler, so if you haven't watched the movie yet, you probably shouldn't be listening to this part. Uh, he doesn't get that name until the end of the movie, when they give him a new identity. Call him John Clark yep. instead of John Kelly. So I was very confused throughout the movie. I was like, why are they? Why is he not John Clark? Why? Why John Kelly? Why make that little bit of a change into when making it into a movie? So I'm glad about that. Uh, were you familiar with any of these characters before this movie? Uh, yeah, yeah, actually. So, uh, uh, pretty familiar. I, well, maybe not pretty familiar, but maybe not a good way to say that because like my memory is pretty garbage, and like I said, I read a lot of these books a long time ago um but yeah john clark um eventually like became you know like a bodyguard and driver for jack ryan and uh while he was like president and stuff like that and then eventually he goes on to uh, wait 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 jack ryan becomes the president yeah i didn't know that so you've like, never seen that movie with harrison ford like clear and present clear and present yeah. or or yeah Patriot Games. Those are both Jack Ryan movies. No, I've never watched yeah. it. I've, I've never watched those those Jack Ryan movies. The, the only oh, Jack yeah. Ryan movies I've seen are uh, the Ben Affleck one, Some of All Fears, and oh, Shadow yeah. Recruit with Chris Pine, and then now the John Krasinski movie or TV series. So TV I'm, series. Yeah, I'm wondering if uh, will we get to, will we get that far? Will we get to see John Krasinski as the president? <laughs> Well, that's what I was wondering, because he's like, oh, I want to get this to the president. And I was like, oh, shit, if they like, I mean, I don't think they've done season two of of uh, Jack Ryan yet, but that that would be a pretty big leap, because last I knew he was on his way to Russia. Um, they have done at the season end of the two. first season. 
They did. Oh, did they? Damn. I got I to get caught up then. Yeah, they released season two last year, so they're working on season three now. Okay, so I definitely got to get cut up. But yeah, so when he's like, oh, I got to talk to the president about, you know, starting this organization with NATO and stuff. I was like, oh, sh- okay, maybe maybe we're going to get. But yeah, yeah, he was kind of like one of the bodyguards and drivers for Jack Ryan. Um, I believe it was like either while he was president or before. Um, and then, yeah, he he goes on to kind of. Uh, I, I don't think he, I, I mean, I guess he founds Rainbow in a sense, but he, he goes on to be kind of the commander of Rainbow, which is, I believe, where the six designation comes from, because like six was like a commander terminology or something like that. Um, so, yeah, like he 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 has been a character within the Tom Clancy um jack ryan universe I, mm-hmm. I don't know is that the ryan verse i don't know what you call that at that point uh I think the clancy verse yeah because doesn't sam fisher also go in there somewhere uh i mean the games i i don't i don't know that sam fisher was technically in the novelizations from like early on i think that was more of like a video game thing kind of like um ghost recon i don't like i don't think the books were first if i remember correctly which i like i said i very well maybe not accurate on that but um but yeah so uh, i think that's kind of the interesting takeaway is that you have the show you have this movie we i think pretty clearly are being communicated to at the end of this film that there will be more of these or that we will at the very least be transitioning into some sort of like rainbow uh, or Rainbow Six type of scenario or films, uh, maybe show, I don't know. So it would be really interesting to see if they do kind of start tying these things together and start bringing uh, Jack Ryan into as John Krasinski into these films. Um, I, I think that'd be really cool. Like, I'd, I'd be down for that. So what was your overall feel on this movie? Did you enjoy it? Uh, so, well, it's... If anybody's looking at this for it to be like the book, I don't remember the book being anything like this. I think like the book takes place around the Vietnam era. Um, and like his wife, I think just dies in a car crash. Like, I don't think she's murdered or anything like that. And I vaguely remember him. Like he, he falls in love with this like transient uh, woman who you kind of end up finding out that she was like a, uh, basically sex trafficked and drug mulled and like he kind of goes into this thing to like uh kill they i don't know they go back it's like i said it's been a long time but they i think they go back to like where she's from and they like run into her pimp and like they get into like altercation and then like that's where he almost ends up dying but then the government like once he's better is like oh we need you to go to vietnam and get these war prisoners out because they have like intel and stuff so like it's a totally totally different story (laughs) than what this movie is but i mean if they are in fact looking at ever doing crossovers or mergers between this and you know the jack ryan show that they're currently doing with john krasinski obviously they they couldn't do vietnam era because they've already established that that's not the case in the show so you know they're they're like trying to modernize it and all that but uh i i think that um (sighs) I think had Michael B. Jordan not been in this movie, it would have been a complete and utter turd. Um, he manages to save it just because I, I genuinely like him as an actor. I think he does a great job. Um, he's he's fantastic at action. Uh, but yeah, th- this story is just 
I mean, this is beaten to death story when it comes to Navy SEALs. I mean, if you read Jack Carr's stuff, um, the what is it? The Terminal List. That's his. I think that's the first book in his like series. Uh, basically, the same thing. You know, it's this op that goes wrong, and it's been set up by the government. His pregnant wife gets killed. He goes on a rampage to get justice. So like. This story is, like, beyond beating a dead horse at this point. It's so tired. Um, So, yeah, from that standpoint, it's not great. Yeah, I would say that... Go ahead, yeah. Yeah, I would say that Michael B. Jordan, Jodie Turner-Smith, and and er, Brett Gelman are probably the ones that are doing work in this movie. Like, they are very good at what they're doing in this. Uh, everybody else kind of just seems like they're there. They didn't really yep. give me any kind of performance. Um, I, 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 yeah, like I, I, I think I'm agreeing with you in just about everything on on this movie so far. If it wasn't for Michael E. Jordan and the other two actors, I would this movie would have been completely written off for me. Um, it, there's nothing here. There's nothing special here other than them. Uh, talking about the cast, there's Michael B. Jordan, who plays John yep. Kelly. Jody Turner Smith plays Karen Greer, his superior officer, commanding officer. Uh, Jamie Bell, so returning to work with Michael B. Jordan after the Fantastic Four movie, as Robert Ritter, CIA agent. Guy Pierce as Secretary Clay. Uh, Lauren London will pay, plays Pam Kelly, the 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 unfortunate woman that has to be fridged so that uh, John Kelly can have a mission. Um, and then Brett Gelman is Victor Rykov, the Russian uh, ghost killer guy that we are believed to be the the bad guy throughout this whole movie. Until eventually we get to the part where John Kelly catches up to him. And he's like, "No, nah, I'm, I'm American. I'm I'm literally just getting you here so that we can start a war and you know get killed." Yeah, and uh, I, I gotta say, I I I love Guy Pierce, and as soon as I saw him walk on screen, I was like, oh, all right, and then nothing, and I was like, God <laughs> dang it! I'm like, why? Why? Like he's such a good actor, and nothing. Like they don't even give him a chance. It's just like, oh yeah, I yeah I I, I agree. I you know, it's so sad. I think in a lot of ways because. Again, I think there's a opportunity for a really great story to be in here somewhere. Uh, but it's just like, let's find the most generic Navy SEAL movie story ever told and, and go with it. And you're like, Gah. you know, like if you want a better version of this story, like I said, go read Jack Carr's The Terminalist. It's so much better than this. <laughs> like there's so much cool shit that happens um and there's just really not in this um the combat scenes that happen are are pretty pretty good like they're done well um like the prison fight scene oh was that was a good short scene. it was short cool. but it was good yeah yeah i, I yeah. really enjoyed that scene a lot and I, you know, I thought that was pretty smart too, because like I saw him go to the sink, and I was like, mm, "What's about to happen?" And then I was like, "Oh, that's super smart! Like, why has no one else done that in a prison fight movie?" Uh, so you know, there's there's these there's these moments that exist where I'm like, "Yeah, if they could have just found a way to do like 
a continual amount of these moments into a story, it would have been great. Uh there was i mean there are there are parts there like you said there are parts in this movie that are just really good and the rest but the it just doesn't make up enough of the movie for me to be like yeah i want to go back to this uh you're right it's it's such a beat to death story and i mean i can't even say if the movie the novel was originally written in 1993 that this is the first one because it's been a story for a long time right uh where we we do something like this what I don't want to ask you what would you do to make it better, but like, what is something else that you were expecting from this movie? Well, I, I mean, I, not to say that it would be better, but I mean, if I think about like the whole Victor storyline, um, re- like, I mean, for starters, you know, the whole thing with his wife, like, it's so cliche, it's so overdone, like, not doing that would have been better so much better in my opinion well yeah yeah um because like as soon as she showed up i was like oh god it's like here we go um (laughs) 10 minutes she's gonna be gone um i don't even think it was that long it might have been but like i I don't know i think if they would have if it would have been more of just this back and forth like antagonist of, of victor right because again we don't really have like even a good antagonist in this film and i think that's a an area that it it greatly is weakened by right um but i think if there would have been this thing where he would have been on this victor's trail through this whole thing um and you know you're finding because uh, you know that's the whole thing with with jamie bell's character too robert ritter right it's like from the very beginning you're like oh this dude shady red herring like like it's so overtly in your face that you're just like well obviously he's not going to be the one that's a a pos right like he's not going to be the dude that's betraying them because there's they're shoving it in your face so much and then you're like well gotta be guy pierce like gotta be involved you know um the funny thing is is that they were shoving it so much into my face that i kept thinking that it was going to be karen his commanding officer i thought she was going to be the one that portrayed them or betrayed them oh yeah like that probably would have been cooler too if if that would have been the case right but like I, i don't know i just think that's really where it kind of was was lacking was there's just like you said there's there's not a strong enough and that comes from a good antagonist or even a great antagonist rather in a story right is that you you know you you kind of need to have an equal and opposite uh or even a more powerful force uh in terms of the uh antagonist and it's just lacking you know um so let me ask you this what what is your comprehension of what the story is uh like overall you mean yeah what what's the plot of this movie uh well that uh basically america uh basically everybody in america hates each other and uh, there's a huge divide and so people within the government are like oh well if we you know can unite all of the country behind a hated enemy then we'll be a better country and so they're like we're gonna give you freedom by fucking over russia and making it seem like they started a war with us you know and then john kelly is like 
ah, you killed my wife. I'm going to kill everybody. But then does it? Like, I mean, he kills like a couple of people and then, but yeah, I don't know. Like that's, again, there's not, when you really think about it, Yes, there's not much here. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's I mean, that's the whole. You're you're right on the the broad strokes of we're gonna make it so that everybody has a common enemy. Happens to be Russia, and we're gonna make it so that Americans are all you know going towards that one common enemy. But the beginning part of you know he's on a mission with the rest of his SEAL team uh, that is an op that's being run by Ritter as a CIA agent. And they go in, they kill a couple guys, but it wasn't mm-hmm. the mission that they thought they were going to do. And then they use that, the, I'm guessing the the Americans or, you know, uh, uh, Victor uh, character, they use that to then kill off those seals, that making it look like Russians. And then he's going to go back to kill those guys. Like she, he ends up killing... Uh, who was it that he killed in the 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 limousine? Oh, they they killed that Russian like diplomat or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which I mean, that was I was like the whole walking through the fire and just sitting inside the car. Like I know that it's a um not a callback, but a uh, it's it's a it's a a thing so that they can call back to it later when he's sitting in the car underwater. What's that called? Setup, a setup and a and a payoff, so that when he's in the car with the senator in the in the water, like we get it, John Kelly can withhold a lot. Like he can sit in the burning car, or he can hold his breath underwater forever. Either way, he's tough. <laughs> but it, there's a lot of steps that happen to get to the point where you just have an angry John Kelly. Like I I I don't. I don't know killing his wife was necessary or not. Oh, yeah, but that's what I mean. I think you could have just had his team members get killed by Victor Rolf or whatever, and that could have been enough, right? And like, that, that, that whole mission in the beginning is stupid. They, like, somehow they go through water into the building thing. Like, I'm like, okay. And then in the next scene, they're talking to the CAA guy who just showed up out of nowhere. They go on this mission. They shoot a couple of people. An RPG goes off inside. They evac after one of their teammates died. And then the dude calls in an airstrike on the building. Like, why <laughs> wouldn't you just lead with that? Like, what... <laughs> What the hell? There, there was no points to go boots on ground if you were just going to bomb that thing to oblivion. There's absolutely no point to do that. Nope. Nope. I'm I think there maybe right there maybe maybe they were trying to recover something or some something, but obviously I don't know. That whole you're right. There's just too much stuff going on to get to a horrible plot point that doesn't even need to happen to piss him off. Like I mean, you could have <laughs> just started the movie that with that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Just have it's him crazy. be angry already. <laughs> well, yeah, or just kill his wife. Like, boom, opening credits. Oh, I'm going to have a baby. <laughs> oh, no, now he's mad. <laughs> Hour and a half of uh, revenge. Let's go. Uh, okay, so this movie is written by Taylor Sheridan. Uh, definitely uh, a, a writer that I enjoy. I've I watched a lot of his, his movies now. Wind River. Uh, Hell or High Water, Sicario. Uh, I have not yet watched Yellowstone, the TV series, or 
the soon to be upcoming spinoff from Yellowstone. Why 19 or 1883? Uh, obviously I can't watch it cause it hasn't come out yet, but, uh, I enjoy a lot of, a lot of his movies. So do you think it was the writing in this one that was just bad? Well, I mean, to be fair, uh, he's not the only writer on this. There's like, I think three other writers listed. Um, so, I mean, but, but I mean, yes, like obviously the story is not written well, um, (laughs) as we've just described by the, uh, horrible, uh, tired, sleepy plot that, uh, exists in this, which again, I mean, I get it. You don't have to reinvent the wheel, but I mean, do something a little different. I mean, but I agree with you. I like a lot of his other movies too. Wind River was great. Hell or High Water was great. Sicario was great. I mean, um, you know, how much of this did he write? I don't know, but uh, it's definitely feels strange to me based on the other. Uh, I guess pedigree of those films, if you will. Mm-hmm. It's very strange to me that this one would be so, like you know, bad in comparison to the other ones. But yeah, the story is definitely not good. <laughs> uh, so then you going into the director. The director of this is Stefano Salima, which he also directed um, uh, Sicario: Day of the Soldado. Yeah, which is the sequel. Sicario two. Yeah, yep. um, he has a TV series, or he directed a couple of TV, a couple of episodes of the TV series Zero 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 on Amazon Prime, which I've been wanting to watch. I have not yet watched it. Uh, it looks pretty good. Uh, there is the show Gamora, which I believe is on season four that he's directed episodes of, and yeah. uh, a lot of other looks like Italian TV series that I have not heard of or watched. Do you have I mean, any? Do you have any feelings towards those? I, I, you know, Sicario Two is okay. I, I like the first one better. Um, the first one is better. But that's that's pretty normal for sequels, though. I, I I'm I'm just like you. Haven't watched Zero 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 yet, um, or Gramora. I don't really know much about that at all. Um, I, I, I think again, it was I just mean, picked I, up by. Oh, I, I think it was just picked up by HBO Max. Like it's it's originally a foreign TV series, but it's picked up by HBO Max, and they have all the seasons now. So, if you really want to get give it a chance, check it out there. Oh yeah, I I might I might have to do that then. That, that sounds uh, that sounds pretty awesome. Um, I, I the directing seems fine. I mean, you know what I mean? Like uh, to me, the biggest thing I, I think is just the story. I mean, visually this film looked very good. It shot very well. I mean, Michael B. Jordan's performance is, is good. Um, the shootouts are, are, are pretty good. I mean, could they be better? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't, again, I don't know what the time or budgets or any of those situations are. So it's, it's kind of hard to say some of those things, but um yeah you know i i think visually it's nice it it definitely looks good it's got some interesting action pieces um so well then uh speaking of the way it looks your your cinematographer on this is philippe rosalot rusalot i i can't say names i'm terrible R-O-U-S-S-E-L-O-T. This is the director of photography for 
the two Fantastic Beasts movies, The Nice Guys, Beautiful Creatures, the two Sherlock Holmes movies with Robert Downey Jr., Larry Crown, The Great Debaters, The Brave One, Lines or Lines for Lambs, Big Fish, Constantine, yeah. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Antoine Fisher, Planet of the Apes, The Taylor of Panama, Remember the Titans, uh, The People versus Larry Flint, Mary Riley, Flesh and Bone, A River Runs Through It, We're No Angels. I think uh, he also did Interview with a Vampire, too. Interview with a Vampire? I, I hadn't got to that yet, so I'm not surprised if he did, but... Yeah, I mean, he has quite the list of of movies. So, uh, was was there anything in particular that was really interesting to you? Uh, well, I mean, again, like you said, like he's got a hell of a resume and a, an amazing cinematographer. Uh, a lot of the underwater stuff I thought was was really beautifully shot, um, which I always think is obviously from a logistical standpoint, uh, very, very tricky. Um, and I thought that was pulled off really well. So uh, stuff like that's usually done in a, in a, in a tank, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I would say that that would be kind of the, the best approach to it because you would obviously have a lot more control over the situation, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I would think that would be kind of more common than trying to shoot on location underwater somewhere. I mean, I'm sure it happens, but ideally, yeah, you would probably want to be able to control as much of the water as possible. The other thing that would happen, too, is, I mean, if you shot, like, you know, if you actually went and shot in a river, like, obviously, there's going to be a lot of potentially dangerous currents. There's going to be a lot of junk, uh, you know, mud and pollutants and things Possible that are probably critters gonna... or animals or whatever yeah so i mean yeah going to some sort of large-scale water tank would would make the most sense yeah and, and usually right outside the frame of the camera is the surface of the water right um not always i mean sometimes they do go down fairly deep you know what i mean like sometimes they're divers with cameras that are in there and they have like people with full-blown oxygen for the actors and stuff um that's, that's so, i mean i wouldn't say scary. always you yeah, got well of course but you know i mean like you think about like tom cruise in that uh free diving scene or whatever and it's like good crying out loud but that's that's tom cruise we we all know that no, he's, of gonna, course. he's gonna do a little bit more than needs to be done yeah no definitely uh, I, I cut you off though. What you you were uh, what else were you saying? Oh no! So I was just saying, uh, you know, a lot of the underwater stuff looked really good, and then um, I, I don't know. There was like a lot of scenes where uh, it looked like he was kind of um, leveraging, like silhouetting them a lot more, or like kind of backlighting them, which kind of takes away your ability to connect with the character visually in terms of like eye contact and stuff. And I think that always makes it a little bit more uncomfortable. Uh, at least for me as a viewer, it makes it a little bit more uncomfortable and a little bit more of like mysterious and, you know, kind of presents this sort of element of danger in a, in a way, right. By like taking away some of your, your senses as, as a viewer and not having that ability to see clearly into the, you know, corners and things like that. Um, so I thought that was pretty effectively leveraged through the lighting, um, but yeah, I mean it's it's beautifully shot. I mean it is a visually great looking film for sure. And and after hearing who the cinematographer was, it's not surprising that it is. I mean, I would expect nothing less. Let me ask you this. In a movie like this, that's it's an action movie, but it's also like a 
spy thriller action movie, right? Is there a way? Mm-hmm. Do they? Is do do you film this different than you would say Demolition Man, where it's just you know pure shoot 'em up action, like in the way that you know spies they have to do things that are more morally in the gray area, whereas you know it's I don't know. I guess those like Demolition Man, it's kind of morally gray too, but you don't really see him killing a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So is there? Do you have to film that in different in different ways so that it gets it across to the audience that you know this is still your hero? Um. Well, I mean, yeah. I I, I think as a director, you know it's going to fluctuate a lot based on who the director is. Right. Because, right. you know, fundamentally they're kind of the, um, captain of the ship in terms of the creative vision of the film, you know, so a lot of that's going to come down to their interpretation of the script, which again, going back to, you know, script being really the blueprint, uh, of the film, right? Like I feel like not just within the filming, but I feel like a lot more of that would need to be, prevalent within the script writing itself right like because you're absolutely right like we watched demolition man and you know it's like oh well he's the demolition man and they call him that because he's like you know they call him like a neanderthal in the movie because he's supposedly so violent or whatever but then you're watching it and it's like he's not really like and then you know was demolition i don't even think demolition man was rated r was it I feel like it's yeah, PG-13. it has to be. No, I think you, you is see, it rated R. It you see nudity in it, so it has to be. I mean, barely rated I guess, R, but right? I don't know. I, I guess you're right. I don't know. I could look but I'm just quick. saying, like you, you watch it, and it doesn't, it doesn't, I guess, feel like a rated R movie, right? Especially if you were to compare it to this. Like if you were to sit down and just visually watch Demolition Man next to uh, Without Remorse, like there is a lot more graphic content, a lot more killing in without remorse but even then it it's not um it doesn't feel gratuitous like there there's you know it's not like um it's not like kill bill or whatever where right. she starts lopping off the arms and legs of the crazy 88 you know what i mean like it's not that but it definitely has a little bit more of like a, a realistic vibe to it and you know i think a lot of that is going to come from like i said the screenwriting i think a lot of that's going to come from the directing and what you do with the performances obviously casting an actor that is also uh, just genuinely very very lovable or very likable as is the case with michael b jordan kind of creates some instant uh sympathy for them and in, and in a lot of capacities when you have a character that's charismatic like that or even a, a an actor playing someone who's charismatic like just naturally as as people we have this psychological tendency to give charismatic people a bit of a break for doing shitty things um which maybe isn't the best thing to do in all cases but it happens you know um and then like i said i feel like working with your cinematographer to create the lighting, which, you know, the lighting, the framing, um, all that sort of stuff is obviously also going to um, play a role in, in what, or, or at least hopefully, right? Again, all these are attempts that you're you're trying to accomplish as, as filmmakers um, is to create this attempt that it is darker and this character is going to do darker things, but fundamentally we're going to end up being okay with it because there's a, a strong enough 
you know, quote unquote evil motivation behind the antagonism of that character that we're going to get on board with them and root for them and, and go through their journey, even if they are more of like an anti-hero. Um, you know what I mean? But like, I guess case in point would be like Deadpool, right? Like Deadpool is a, is a horrible character. It does just completely un, un, unbelievably horrible things, but we love him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so we're okay with it, you know? Yeah. Um, the lighting and demolition, especially going back to lighting, if you go look at the lighting and demolition, man, it's a lot higher key than this. Mm-hmm. It, it has that kind of action comedy vibe to it. Um, and But even then, there are, you know, Stallone is still kind of an anti-hero in that in some capacities. And you watch him beat those people up, right, for the Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, Sandra Bullock's character uh, comes out and is like, wow, you, you really licked his ass and whatever and he's like i kicked his ass you know um and then she's like well that's a good thing because they were stealing and he's like it's not a good thing when they're stealing food though which instantly creates a humanity to him that we can connect with because we're like oh he is going to do horrible things but he's only going to do horrible things to people that actually deserve to have them done to them right um and so i do think you have to really work to uh showcase that and Again, that's I think why they go with the the killing of his his wife and his unborn child, um, is the hope would be that that would be enough for people to be like, okay, he's going to do some horrible stuff and we're just going to be okay with it. Uh, does it work? Um, yeah, I mean I think it does again because it's Michael B. Jordan. And I'm on board to watch him kill a bunch of people in a movie because it's not real, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, had they gotten anyone else though, like I don't know, it might not have worked. Uh, you know what I mean? So it's a it's a very thin line to walk for sure. I think. Okay, so the movie after we find out that John Clark or at the time time John Kelly figures out who it was that was really behind the murder of his wife and unborn child, uh, he goes into hiding uh, with a CIA provided backstory uh, or identity uh, under as the name of John Clark we get an after credit scene this after credit or during mid credit scene if you want where uh, he shows up in Washington DC and now Ritter played by Jamie Bell is the director of the CIA and they they uh, have met they're meeting up and he's and John or John Clark is is giving him the idea or giving him a, a talking saying like, I have an idea for a team of, you know, international agents, all different agencies, all working towards a common goal. So something like this doesn't happen again. And bear in mind, this is a year later also. And, uh, it, it's all to set up a, a rainbow team or a rainbow six, as you brought it up earlier. Is it presumptuous for them to suggest they're going to make sequels to this movie? Um, no, I mean, I don't, I don't think so because in the sense that, um, they don't really need this movie to perform in the same capacity that a normal distribution uh, studio would, right? Um, again, Amazon's kind of in a different situation where, uh, the bulk majority of their revenue doesn't even come from, from the film side or the streaming side of things, um, you know, and 
whether people want to or not, they're paying for this content by subscribing to the service. So uh, I don't really think it is for, for them because I think as long as they're committed to it and, and they're like, you know, no matter how this goes, we're, we're going to at least do these two films. I could see it. And, you know, with Netflix, uh, I think it was Netflix came out and said that they were, I don't know, I think it was like $17 billion for exclusive content, like in 2022 or something uh, insane like that. So, you know, it, we're in a situation where the, these, you know, platforms need an ever-growing library of exclusive content. And, I mean, I watched it, and and you watched it, and I think we're both saying it's it's an okay film. It's very middle of the road. It's not it's not great, uh, but it's also not complete trash. Uh, there's definitely some redeeming things to it. I think there's a lot of things that people would want to watch. So, for them, I think you know, again, they also have a lot of analytics on what people are watching, how many people watched the the Jack Ryan show or continue to watch it. Like, I feel like it's a pretty a pretty low risk investment for them to, to do at least these two films. Um, now, if the second one just completely bombs out and nobody watches it or very few people do, then yeah, we probably won't see more of them, but um, I don't think it's that crazy for them to have been like, we're going to commit to at least two of these, these movies. All right. Uh, if you have an opinion on this movie and you want us to to hear about it, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Midgipedia, G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geekly Media. Where can people find you online, Richard? Uh, the easiest way to find me online is just go to Rykoen.com, R-I-C-O-W-N.com. And uh, yeah, you can check out all my social links on there. The rest of Geekly Media is at Geekly Media on Twitter, at Geekly Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geekly Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our website, geeklymedia.com. Whatever podcatcher you use to listen to us, please rate and review us. It helps spread the word of our network. But until next time, this is the Mitch and Rich Show on the Geekly Media Network saying always remember to geek out. Geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Beep.